From the little cave on the tiny island of Podmos in the Aegean Sea, the heavens opened. Since then, the world has been fascinated by the cosmic upheaval brewing on the horizon of history. The upheaval is now upon us. It is within us. To some degree, it always has been. But there has been a sudden and violent shift in the affairs of the world. The winds have changed. Heaven will not be silent. Let's now join Father Anthony Bush, pastor of St. Stanislaus Koska, the Sanctuary of the Divine Mercy in Chicago, and author of A Mother's Plea, For the Winds Have Changed. Together we can pave the way for a hopeful response to the signs of our times. Hey, welcome everyone. God bless you for tuning into the Winds of Change. It's Wednesday, so you know what that means. You're with Father Tom Coys on a brain-wrinkling Wednesday or whenever else you're listening to the I Am The Gift podcast. This is The Gift. There we are. And um, I do I do want to continue wrinkling your brain. I want to uh, dive a little bit deeper into what I started before on a couple shows ago about... G.K. Chesterton's description of his conversion to Catholicism as beginning to see the world inside out. That, that analogy, of course, if you know Chesterton, you know that he's always using analogies. He paints pictures with his words, and he's all about paradoxes. Things that might not seem to fit together actually do fit together if you appreciate them in the proper way. And of course, um, being a being a Catholic, um, there's lots of things to consider. Um, there's the liturgical life, there's the moral life, there's the hierarchical life, the, the institutional life, there's the uh, mystical aspect. Uh, and they all they all do come together and we all need to appreciate that Catholicism has all these, and I'm glad that it has them. I'm a little humbled by the fact that I'm not an expert in all of them, but to think that you could be an expert in all the aspects of what God is giving to the world through his favorite religion. You're going to need a bigger not Just would it not? So um, Chesterton, uh, he describes his conversion from Anglican Protestantism to Catholicism as a beginning to see the world as he didn't see it before, and he calls it inside out. And if you remember a couple of weeks ago, I I compared it with the movie The Truman Show, uh, and it hit me that I like <laughs> I like all, I, one of the things one of the thing that's constant about me. And maybe you as well, but I'll just share my 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 instinct here. When I like a movie, it's almost always because it pushes me in a Catholic direction. It it's a story that helps see a part of Catholicism that is that is not always seen. That's sort of missing, as it were. And that the Truman story does just that. And you know, I, you, all you listeners who faithfully tune into the winds of change, and if you're, <clears throat> excuse me, if you like brain wrinkling Wednesdays, you'll know that I'm a big fan of the movie Matrix. <laughs> There's something very similar about the Matrix and the Truman Show and converting to Catholicism, and that is. When someone sees more than they used to see, you are 
moving toward Catholicism. When you see reality in in a broader way, uh, and that is that is something all of us go through. And young people are handicapped because they haven't had as many experiences, and so they may not um, uh, see. With a broader version, with a broader vision, they're they're seeing their own little world, and uh, unfortunately, um, oh wait a while, let's see. I hope I'm still together here. Did I? Okay, looks like I'm still on, right, Nick? I thought my computer screen went blank, and I thought maybe I lost you, but I don't think I did because it seems to be coming clear. So, um, <clears throat> in the context of of trying to understand Chesterton's apologia pro vita sua, <laughs> that's the Latin phrase for apology for my life or defense of my life, which really comes from um, John Henry Newman um, and his famous book on his explanation about why he became Catholic. Uh, to to appreciate that, like a wider vision, that's and that that's why um Chesterton uses the the image of him walking through a big palace or we could say a big warehouse or a big convention center maybe we would say it that way today you're in a big convention center and you're exploring the world you're learning kind of like we do in museums right we like the museum of science and industry you go to one you go to one exhibit after another, and you're taking in knowledge, right? And so, so Chesterton was saying, as he grew up as a Protestant, he was told that religions, the many different religions, are are all there for your investigation. He was um, an Anglican, of course, but um, Anglicanism... Anglicans accepted Presbyterians and Methodists and Lutherans and all the rest um, in a kind of um, uh, a sympathetic way. You know, you, you it may not have been your style. It's not how you grew up, but you accept it for others who grew up with that, and that is their style. The only the only thing that was unique about that religious education uh, growing up is the fact that Catholicism was looked on as as um, it's there in the in the con in the convention hall but it's, it's something you wouldn't spend a lot of time looking at and um, it it has the appearance of being too old too rusty dilapidated and you might like a few interesting things about it but your prejudice against it is is um, too strong for you to really take it seriously. That's one of the reasons why I there, there's a there's a modern um, habit in most of our Catholic parishes of calling the way we teach children religion who are not in a Catholic school. We usually they, it used to be always called CCD classes, but. In the past 20, 25 years, most directors uh, of that program don't like to call it CCD. They like, they'll, they'll call it religious education. And I've always had a dislike for that terminology, primarily because of what Chesterton is talking about here. You can be educated in the way that, oh, there's lots of different religions let me let me educate you about our religion and i don't i don't like that because it 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 makes the same mistake that chesterton had put upon him by his religious education um, because it puts catholicism in that category of lots of religions that are out there for you to investigate Pick which one fancy that catches your fancy the most, and hopefully Catholicism does catch your fancy, but if not, 
so be it. But Chesterton, when he says that he, his, his, his study, his investigation about Catholicism, when he started to take it, I will take it seriously, I will investigate what they're offering, he began to see that it is more um, broad. It's, it's, a, it's, a greater, it's a greater vision of reality. And once again, I, I'm sure I've shared this many times, but it's worth repeating, is, is that uh, the Protestantism, which is, has a lot to give, with a lot of uh, spirit, and I've got to share that the, the little Jesus movement that's um, bubbling up. They call it the Ashbury movement. Have you heard of that, friends? <laughs> I'm going to relate, relate this topic to what's going on there. Um, there is a... Uh, uh, there is a sense that that the greater vision, Protestant, I'll say it this way, Protestantism is almost always infected with the disease of um, poor historical research. What I mean by that is their, their view of history doesn't go back 2,000 years. It only goes back... Um, 500 years to the Reformation, for one, for those who take theology study more seriously, or it goes back just to your, your childhood. And that could be 10 years ago, or it could be 50 years ago, one way or another. Catholicism forces you to take a much broader look wow. at history. Um, so you just wrinkled my brain. Let me, uh, let me share with you that... Um, but I, uh, well, I was just, come on. There we go. There's my little um, speaker. And uh, here, maybe you've, um, you, you've seen, uh, there's, there's a movie called The Jesus Revolution coming out based on that uh, Ashbury Revolution. And the reason it catches my fancy in one way is because the, the Catholic guy who played Jesus in The Chosen, who's, who still is playing Jesus in The Chosen, is is featured in this movie. And uh, it, it's definitely um, it's definitely steeped in the Protestant world. Uh, but there, obviously there's something any us Catholics can learn about it, learn from it. And it has to be learned in the context of what Chesterton is saying about Catholicism and the, the broader view. Um, here's, here's what part of the... Uh, the most this is from the trailer. This thing that we found, I feel like I belong. You're going to need a bigger church. Anyways, that's the line I wanted you to catch the um, when Jesus says, "You're going to need a bigger church," <laughs> right? So it's it's about you're going to need a prayer boat. Christian curmudgeons trying to get people who are good, faithful, shall we say, politically conservative people to open their hearts to people who are who are in this in this context of sort of like the hippie generation or we could we could put it in um, the hippie generation is is sort of the it's not what it used to the hippie generation when i think of the hippie generation it, that's they are the mothers and fathers of the uh, young adult children now uh, but either way the, the lost or we sometimes use the word nuns right people who have no religion so the, um, the injunction or the admonition to welcome everyone, to not be judgmental, to um, embrace those who are different than you, is, is part of the movement of the spirit, no doubt about it. Um, and so it, it, is a, it, is a, um, it is a learning movie it we can learn a lot about it uh, 
Um, however, what I want to focus on is when Jesus says, you're going to need a bigger church, obviously he's referring to the fact that lots and lots of people are coming to his church and his church is too physically small. What needs to be appreciated from from our reading of G.K. Chesterton is that your vision of church is too small in the sense of a bigger... Catholicism is a bigger church. Number one, because it has more years experience and it has not it has not narrowly focused on one of the good aspects of following Christ, let's say. So Chesterton goes on in this marvelous chapter called The World Inside Out. He takes a lot of his popular non-Catholic religions and religious figures of the day, and he tries, he tries to say, okay, they got a good idea, but the good idea was ripped away from other good ideas that give a very a, a greater balanced view, a fuller view of of uh, a beautiful, holy, religious life. So um, here, here he's gonna let me read this, and then we'll, we'll get ready for our first break, okay, Nick? Um, but here's um, again, and I'm reading from uh, the book. The Catholic Church in Conversion, it's an Ignatius Press book. He says, The return of Catholic ideas to the separate parts of Christendom was often indeed indirect. But though the influence came from many centers, like many different Protestant smaller sects, it always came from the one center, which is the truth of God, of Christ, fully found in, in Catholicism. Um, so he goes on, uh, and he, he, he speaks about, um, let me go over here. He says, It is not easy to express this enormous inversion, which I have here tried to suggest in the image of a world turned inside out. I mean that the thing which had been starred uh, the thing that which has had been stared at as a small something swells out and swallows everything. So he's going to say that every Christian denomination begins with a, a truth that can legitimately be defended and appreciated, and yet you stare at the small thing and it swells out and swallows everything. A good example of this um, came when I remember doing my studies in the Air Force as a possible chaplain in the Air Force, and we, we had a lot of um, uh, meetings and, and uh, discussions with many Protestant seminarians. And I remember distinctly... Um, Hearing the the leader of the of the group had us explain a little bit about the origins of their denomination. There were about seven or eight of us Catholic seminarians that were like, oh, "This ought to be good." <laughs> and uh, I remember just kind of being amazed that um, one of the one of the seminarians was saying how their church had to separate from their. Mother Church, their their Protestant denomination broke off of their mother Protestant denomination over the issue of of uh, organ music. And you could see how that would affect. Um, there's a lot of people, of course, that prefer organ music over guitar music, but Catholicism would never would never say those who like guitar music can no longer be Catholic, or those who like organ music will will start um, their own church. That's what Chesterton means when he says, um, that which has been stared at as a small thing swells out and swallows everything. So, of course, if you're going to start a, a church over, we will only have organ music or we will only have guitar music, um, that's 
that changes everything, really. And so many, so many of our Protestant denominations today, you, you won't find any organ music. Most of the sanctuaries, if you can call them that, that the and they call them sanctuaries where the minister gets up and preaches, is usually set up like a music stage with them, uh, so that the music people can get up and play and lead song. And I, I, I like singing along with all sorts of music, and that's, that's a very wonderful part of spirituality. Uh, and um, I, I like some of the praise and music, praise and worship music that um, we don't usually hear in, in our Catholic churches. Um, and so I could, I could look at that and smile, um, but I could still be unsatisfied with it because it's not the fullness of what worship is meant to be, shall we say. Um, I sometimes dream that uh, on, on a weekday night you could have praise and worship uh, service uh, and get, get as many people singing and I don't want to say singing and dancing, but if that spirit moved them, I've been to charismatic <laughs> groups. Um, and yet and yet that spirit has to be chained or, or it can't it can't run away uh, as more important than tying into the great liturgical worship of Catholicism that is deeply tied into and is a is a fulfillment of the liturgical worship of the Old Testament by, that God established with the Jewish people and how Christ came to fulfill the right way of worship. He had his 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 death on the cross was was essentially um, what replaced the the sacrifice of the lamb or whatever other animal you were sacrificing in the in the worship services. So, wow. Uh, you just let, let's take that first break here and uh, maybe I'll try to read a little bit a little bit more of uh, Chesterton's The World Inside Out because it really does it really does um, encourage us to keep broadening our our understanding and I, if I had a group, if I had a chance to stand in front of the Jesus movement or the Ashbury Revolution, I would say, yes, it's good that you're discovering the essential aspect of love, and love one another. Um, but when you say you need a bigger church, it doesn't mean just a bigger building. It means you need a bigger understanding of what the church is, not just what has touched you, but what what touches thousands of people for thousands of years. Okay, let's let's take that break now. Um, I am Father Tom Coys, guest host on The Winds of Change. You're listening to the new EWTN Catholic Radio Voice for Chicagoland, WSFI 88.5 FM and AM 750 WNDZ. Tune in to Winds of Change on Friday, March 3rd. We will have guest host Mike Stark joining us celebrating his birthday, and he will be talking about the Men of Christ. The discussion will include the upcoming Men of Christ Conference in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and to discuss this great opportunity available to all. He will be joined by co-founder and former NFL player Kevin O'Brien. Remember, Friday, March 3rd, tune into a very entertaining show. And if you do, you will not be disappointed. Be sure to listen. I'm Father Tom Coys, Winds of Change guest host, and you are listening to the Winds of Change. Sometimes it's tough to hear winds of change over the air. What with tall buildings, power lines, and other static. Now you can hear winds of change anywhere, anytime, or on any device. When Winds of Change is on the air Monday through Friday, noon to one, go to ststandschurch.org. Scroll down to the Winds of Change tile and click on the Listen Live button or visit Winds of Change Facebook page to see the Listen Live link. Tune in to Winds of Change on Friday, March 3rd. We will have guest host Mike Stark joining us, celebrating his birthday, and he will be talking about the men of Christ. 
The discussion will include the upcoming Men of Christ Conference in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and to discuss this great opportunity available to all. He will be joined by co-founder and former NFL player Kevin O'Brien. Remember, Friday, March 3rd, tune into a very entertaining show. And if you do, you will not be disappointed. Be sure to listen. Hey, welcome back, everyone. Father Tom Coyce here. Trying to help people understand um, the meaning behind Chesterton's uh, phrase about describing his conversion as a seeing the world inside out. It's, again, I think I, I think I shared this the last time, but I didn't share it here today, but the, the, his analogy has been kind of confusing to me because when I think of inside out, my first my first uh, understanding of that image is my socks. <laughs> when you turn your socks inside out or you wear a shirt inside out, something like that. But that's that doesn't get to the heart of it. it it's much more like seeing um, seeing something small from a larger perspective, seeing something that, you know, is, is real, but when you back up, you could see that something real as a part of something bigger. In other words, let me, let me try to say this. A lot of times conversion will happen when someone feels guilty about something. Their life is just going the wrong way, and if they... If they give uh, the Christian ethic a chance, they'll feel guilty, and they'll they'll um, convert. And the and the grace of mercy is 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 everything. Um, and so y- you could certainly say in one way that that is almost everything. But it's not everything in the sense that if that's the only thing you consider, um, then you forget the grace of praising God or you forget the grace of charitable work or you forget the grace of uh, getting worship right, correct, uh, doing, doing the Mass right. Um, that's, I, I think we need, we need to even ask that question. Is there a... Is, is there a right way of getting the mass. Uh, and certainly there's a lot of room, there's a lot of wiggle room for uh, variations, themes. But to abandon the question and say any worship or any religious service is, is equally right in the sense of is it truly in harmony with what God wants, especially as, 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 as taught by and as in, encouraged by Jesus Christ himself. Uh, so uh, as we lose, uh, as you lose the broader perspective, you, you are, um, you're, 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 you're losing the Catholic spirit, shall we say. I, I need to Let's repeat, uh, I think I shared this before, but let's repeat that uh, the scene from the Truman Show when um, he finds that he's been living in a small world that's not the world, when he finds out that he's been played by a movie producer. And uh, listen to the movie producer, especially. uh, Let's see if we can get this going here. Truman, he's on his sailboat after going through the storm, and he bumps into the edge of the the dome that has been the border of his world. And he sees that the clouds are not real clouds, they're just painted on the wall. So he can't believe things, and his, his world is being turned inside out, upside down. And then he finds, he finds a door in the wall 
of the dome. Of course, people are people are watching on TV, wondering what he's going to do. It shifts to the movie producer. The movie producer is going to want to talk to Truman. Truman opens the door. Truman, you can speak. I can hear you. Who are you? I am the creator of a television show that gives hope and joy and inspiration to millions. Of course, you can't miss the irony of the movie producer saying, I am the creator. And if you stopped at that, you would smell the heresy, right? Who is the creator? Only God. And whenever us, us humans take the place of God, that's called a sin. That's called a great error. So, uh, but he's a movie producer. And this, this has a Catholic twist to it in the sense that it's a movie slamming movie producers. <laughs> it's a... It's a movie producer who's insulting other movie producers when, when you forget that you are not God. So that's why, and here he goes on. Then who am I? You are the star. Was nothing real? You were real. That's what made you. Notice how he asked the question, was nothing real? Now, of course, and that is the theme of the Matrix, too, right? Every Everyone trapped in the Matrix um, is living a life, but they realize it's not the real life. Uh, the good guys are the ones who want to come and release the people to see um, the real world, which may not be as pretty as the world they're experiencing in their virtual reality that 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 my friends too has to be a theme of our conversion when you when you embrace catholicism as a deeper wider broader vision of of reality you may even have more pain or you may you may see more pain right? and you may feel it too you certainly will see it because you're going to be bombarded by all sorts of by all sorts of uh, charitable organizations that want your money right <laughs> everybody knows when you give to one charitable organization and the charitable organization shares your your contact information you're going to get a, a lot more that forces you to see more of the needs in the world and I'm quite convinced that those who would not want to take the step of embracing Catholicism are happy happy without seeing all that. Um, and Protestant denominations do try to get their people to see more than just their local needs. But usually it's involving one, one missionary project. Um, and they'll be very beautifully serving um, a, a minister, a, a person in the congregation may go to travel in far lands and he writes home and asks his congregational friends and to, to help support his mission. And so they do. And that does force you to see reality in a bigger way. Um, Catholics, unfortunately, have hundreds of them. <laughs> There's missionaries everywhere. And um, it's, it's one of the reasons why each diocese will have um, a department of missionaries, not just hang in with one missionary, as it were. So, um, and so when Newman or when Truman says, "Was nothing real?" He he doesn't want to say no. Not, you know, things were real. This is a real TV show, and you were real. Your reactions were real. Your your emotions were real. All the other people in the town were were actors. They weren't they weren't as real as you were. Um, 
And so the movie producer is, is, is fond of his creation because he's trying to show people that you have to be real and not play a role. And in a certain sense, he's, he's like, a, uh, he's, he's forgetting, he's forgetting what, Ch what Shakespeare said was all the world's a stage and we all play a role in it. So is it true that um, all the other people in the town were not real because they were playing a role in TV? Not necessarily. And, it, and, it, and it's, it's sad that the movie producer is making Truman play a role. But to even step back more and have a broader vision of reality, you'd say, yes, we, we all are in a role in, in, in history. As Shakespeare says, the world is a stage and we all play a role in it. Let's, let's go a little bit, a little bit farther, he says. Listen to me, Truman. There's no more truth out there than there is in the world I created for you. See? Whoa, did you hear that one? Truman, there's no more truth out there than the world I created for you. There again, he's playing with the, the sense of I'm God. And all of our attempts to create a better world with a, with a kind of blinders over our eyes or, or ignoring and that's that's kind of it's kind of how I feel about so much politics we in Chicagoland here we just had um, a mayoral primary election and what what sticks in my craw is is that I can't be pleased with any of the candidates because all of the candidates are pretty much pro-abortion. And that says more about the vision of reality um, in the sense that um, because I would be automatically accused of, oh, you're a terrible uh, citizen because you're focusing too much on one, on one, uh, uh, on one issue. But it's not just one issue, because what it symbolizes for me is all the candidates who are pro-abortion are saying to their people, I will build you a great world. I will make Chicago uh, prosperous and peaceful, just even limiting it to those two things, as long as we can ignore God's rules about life. And marriage, I think you could all add today for sure. So um, that is, that's the dilemma we're facing. And uh, becoming Catholic makes you, makes you see that you can't ignore God's plan. You can, you can vote for one or the other as long as you realize that you are still not there. You're just taking baby steps baby, baby steps. And so in politics, in a lot of ways, you have to be satisfied with taking baby steps. Uh, but they have to be baby steps in the right direction. That's why I thought that the election of um, Lightfoot as the first openly lesbian um, mayor and the, and the great approbation of such was a was not a, just a baby step in the wrong direction. It was a huge step in the wrong direction. It's kind of funny in the uh, the movie uh, Truman Show, <laughs> as they're they're talking about. Um, no, it was in the trailer for uh, the Jesus Revolution. <laughs> they 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 play with the idea of rediscovering Jesus as necessary for your life is. It's, it's, it's parallel to the moon landing. One great, that's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Okay, let's take that other break now, and um, we'll continue with Chesterton here. I'm, I'm hoping I'm shedding some light on a, kind of a, um, a challenging uh, author, good old G.K. Chesterton. But once you, once you start appreciating Chesterton, you just can't get enough of him. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's take that 
that extra break here. I am Father Tom Coyes, guest host on the Winds of Change, the new EWTN Catholic Radio Voice for Chicagoland. You're listening to WSFI 88.5 FM and AM 750 WNDZ. Tune in to Winds of Change on Friday, March 3rd. We will have guest host Mike Stark joining us, celebrating his birthday, and he will be talking about the Men of Christ. The discussion will include the upcoming Men of Christ Conference in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and to discuss this great opportunity available to all. He will be joined by co-founder and former NFL player Kevin O'Brien. Remember, Friday, March 3rd, tune in to a very entertaining show. And if you do, you will not be disappointed. Be sure to listen. We are the students of St. Stan La Fosca Academy, and you're listening to the Winds of Change. Here's some good news. We are pleased to announce that St. Stanislaus Koska is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, in answer to our Blessed Mother's call to open the doors. The Blessed Sacrament will again be exposed all day, every day, except when Masses or other services are being held. You are invited to come and pray anytime, day or night. For your safety, we ask that you practice social distancing and wear a mask. Hand sanitizer is available and St. Stan's has increased cleaning and sanitizing of the church, and a security person will be on site. More information can be found at ststanschurch.org. That's ststanschurch.org. St. Stanislaus Koska is located two blocks north of Division on Noble, just off the Kennedy Expressway. Hey, welcome back, everyone. Father Tom Coyce here. Um, once again, I'm... I'm, uh, I'm playing with the, the, the wonderful theme that's in the Truman Show movie, an old movie from years ago. Um, but I, I, I guess I, it's just saying something about me when I, when I like a movie. It, has, it touches my Catholic conscience. And what touches me in the Truman Show is it, it badmouths, it shows an evil side of... Hollywood, where Hollywood producers think they could create a world for you um, while ignoring the reality of Christian precepts and uh, eternal realities, even heaven, hell, and purgatory, but you don't even have to get that far. Just the different uh, uh, precepts that God has given us to create a a big perfect world, um, and so to continue Chesterton's analysis. If Chesterton was analyzing the Truman Show, he would say, "See how the the movie producer has a good intention, and that good intention is to be able to show the world that you need to be sincere." And authentic, not not doing life, not going through life um, because of of uh, what others think of you or what what um, you're going to achieve. In one saying, just to be sincere, and of course that's a great virtue for many people today. This. You have to be sincere. Sincerity is is good, but it's not everything. <laughs> and that's where Chesterton's new faith comes in. He says, well, yeah, of course. But, but sometimes being good means not always being completely sincere. Reminds me of a, I think it was a Geico commercial, one of my favorite Geico commercials where they had Abraham Lincoln talking with his wife, Mary, Todd Lincoln. And Mary says, does this dress make me um, look heavy? And Lincoln, being honest, Abe says, well, a little bit. <laughs> of course, the message is sometimes you don't 
you don't say what's on your mind. So um, that's that's the sense of what Chesterton is saying here. Each Protestant denomination has something good, but it gets broken off from the fullness of the faith. That's why I do like that phrase, and it's it's a good phrase to use. The for Catholicism is the fullness of the faith, and uh, when it's when one aspect, when one good aspect of following Jesus is appreciated, and you don't attend to the others, you're going to turn it into a monster, as it were. Chesterton likes to compare um, the Calvinists and the Quakers. The Calvinists being the more radically strict, everyone's going to hell if you don't wise up. And the Quakers is, uh, shut up church, stop preaching to us. Let us, let us live alone in peace. So those two denominations certainly had their way, and they were kind of new in, um, in the early days of America, really. So let's, let's go on here. And then he, then he brings in um, communism and socialism. Um, let's see where we got here. Um, to us, therefore, it is henceforth impossible to think of the Quaker as a figure at the beginning of a new Quaker history, or the Calvinist as the founder of a new Calvinistic world. When he says we there, he's meaning Catholics, or to us. Us Catholics, when we think of the founders of Quakerism, we don't think of them as starting Christianity from scratch. And the Calvinist is not creating a new Calvinist world devoid of the non-Calvinist Calvinist world. You know, that's that's a mistake a lot of Catholics make in the sense that um, we would say our... Uh, how, do, how do I want to say this? Um, I must, when we are too... When we are too tolerant of people that are different than us, let's say, right? Um, or obviously one of the popular spiritual injunctions today is tolerate people who are different than you. And Chesner would say, yes, that is a good insight at very many, at certain times. However, it's a very bad insight if you consider everyone. And what do you mean? What he would mean by that is that when you consider that some people are you out just to kill you, my brain, man. <laughs> or some people are out to destroy the church, the Catholic Church. So when you tolerate something or someone that is very directly built on destroying Catholicism, then uh, then uh, don't follow it. Don't be tolerant as it were. So it reminds me, too, of the passage in the scriptures. Remember when the apostles were coming back after being out on one of their mission trips, and they said, Lord, we saw people trying to cast out demons in your name, but since they weren't of our company, we tried to stop them. And remember what Jesus said. In that point, he said, uh, if they are not against us, they're with us. If they're not against me, then don't stop them. No one could call on my name and uh, cast out demons or work miracles in my name. Um, they may not have the fullness, but they certainly uh, are pushing people in the right direction. That's what I... That's kind of another little bit of a controversy in, in some of the Catholic circles today is uh, the the series The Chosen. Um, again, I um, he, he, it's a different. It's, a, it's much different than than um, some of us who grew up watching uh, the greatest story ever told, right? The Cecil B. DeMille kind of. Um, story of Moses and the Ten Commandments, it, it took the incredible, miraculous powers of God through Moses, 
in the Old Testament and, of course, through Jesus in the New Testament and, and put it front and center. Uh, and you, you're confronted with the miraculous events and so you're, you're impressed by it. In The Chosen, Jesus does some of the miracles, but the, um, it's interwoven with a lot of behind-the-scenes scenes, um, things that you can imagine happen in the Bible stories, but are not in the Bible stories. It, it has a lot to do with uh, the apostles talking to each other and um, uh, what, what they did, their life that is not recorded in the Bible, but you try to piece it together. So I think people finding it interesting, but uh, I, I, I will say of the chosen, what Jesus said to the apostles, um, okay, if they're not against us, meaning Catholics, then don't stop them. If they're pushing people in the right direction, I could embrace it. Though I would want to take those people and warn them of what Chesterton is warning them. If you only see the um, let's say the non-judgmental side of, of Christ and you don't see his teachings and his admonitions against sin and evil and getting things wrong, then, then uh, um, you're going to turn into a sect uh, in the religious sense. Let's go a little further here um, where Chesterton says to do, to do, to do, um, it is quite obvious to us that they are simply characters in our own Catholic history. It's obvious to us Catholics that they, the founders of Protestant sects, they're, they're not starting a whole new world. They're characters in what we know as history, Catholic history. Um, only characters who caused a great deal of trouble by trying to do something that we could do better and that they did not really do at all. Now, some may suppose that this can be maintained of the older sects like Calvinists and Quakers, but cannot be maintained of modern movements like those of socialists or spiritualists. This is, I think, even more powerful for us today because of the... Um, uh, popularity of socialism through the Bernie Sanders of the world and what have you by so many young people. Um, so listen how Chesterton gives a nod to socialism but shows the terrible mistake, as it were. So he says, um, the, covering, the covering or continental character of the church applies just as much to modern manias as to the old religious manias. It applies quite as much to materialists or spiritualists as to Puritans. In all of them you find some Catholic dogma is first then taken for granted, then exaggerated into an error, and then generally reacted against and rejected as an error, bringing the individual in question a few steps back again on the homeward road. And this is almost always the mark of such a heretic, that while he will wildly question any other Catholic dogma, he never dreams of questioning his own favorite Catholic dogma, and does not even seem to know that it could be questioned. Okay, so this is a little confusing here because he's, he's talking about a Protestant who's on fire with a certain spirit. And that certain spirit, Chesterton is saying, can be found in Catholicism. And so, like the Quaker, the Quaker holds on to and is on fire, wildly on fire, as Chesterton says, with the idea that words don't, we don't need words. You could you could come and sit around in a, in a, square room, which is what the Quakers do, and sit in silence for a long time. And if nobody says anything, your service is over. If somebody says something, fine. But the words 
don't matter so much. And and some people say, yeah, that's that's what God wants. You know, get over over all this talking. And lo and behold, a Catholic could say, yeah, Catholics have that. We call it adoration chapels, or we call it the contemplative life in a monastery. Um, you know the joke about the the monk in a in a monastery, who's you know the, one of the rules is silence, and he has a meeting with the superior once every year, and he comes the first year, and the monk, the young monk, says to the superior, "Bed is too hard." And goes on the next year, he comes comes to the superior and says, "The food is too cold." And then he says, "Okay, well, let's see what we got. We got to make sacrifices. Go on." The third year he comes, and he says, I need another candle. The superior says to him, I'm afraid you're not going to be able to stay with us. He goes, what do you mean? I've been praying. I've been a faithful monk. I haven't done anything wrong. And the superior says, all you've done is complain since you've gotten here. <laughs> boom, boom. So we know that Catholicism has this Quakerish part to it as well as the Calvinist. The Calvinist is the one who says um, most people are going to hell, and um, and if you don't reform your life, that's where you're going to end up. And we could say, yeah, he's got a point. But you also have to balance that with God's mercy, of course. And uh, sometimes hellfire and brimstone is not going to lead people in the right direction. That's kind of the meaning of that movie about the Jesus movement, is that uh, the old curmudgeon pastor um, is, is, only, um, is only upset with the younger generation because they're, they're um, not living uh, a good moral life, shall we say. If we go on to um, a little bit more, because Chesterton brings in uh, communism too, this is almost always the mark of a heretic, that while he wildly questions any other Catholic dogma, he never dreams of questioning his own favorite Catholic dogma and does not even seem to know that it could be questioned. Like the Calvinist saying, well, maybe sometimes we, we need to be more merciful and compassionate and not so worried. Or the Quaker, he should question his dogma. Well, maybe we need to speak up and words do matter and uh, getting getting doctrine right is very very important so he goes on it never occurred to the calvinist that anybody might use his liberty to deny or limit the divine omnipotence or to the quaker that anyone could question the supremacy of simplicity that is exactly the situation of the socialists communists and every shade of any such theory of brotherhood is based upon one unfathomably mystical Catholic dogma, the equality of men. The communists stake everything on the equality of man, as the Calvinists staked everything on the omnipotence of God, or the Quakers staked everything on the simplicity of God. The communists ride it to death, as the others rode their dogmas to death, turning their horse into a nightmare. Nightmare, get it? But it never seems to occur to those that some people do not believe in the Catholic dogma of the mystical equality of men. Dear, the music is coming. But you can see how the balance and the fullness of faith is, is, is really found within Catholicism. Thanks for listening, my friends. Uh, you've been listening to the Catholic radio voice of EWTN in Chicagoland. We are WSFI, Catholic Radio, 88.5 FM and AM 750 WNDZ. Meaningless thought
shall appear strong, but the inside is right. It's time to be stirred. The time is now. The winds have changed.